Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Hey guys. Our hope is that it would help I you discover completeness career, in Jesus. College, so now for this week's aimless, teaching. But I'm going to try to teach you something anyway, so it's going to be fine. All right, I'm going to ask you a quick question. You've probably been asked this before, but it's an important question. It tells a lot about yourself. So I want you to find someone next to you and tell them if you could have dinner with anybody in the world, somebody from history, somebody who's like super famous now, maybe it's a friend or family member, whoever it is, find a neighbor, tell them really quick, who would you have dinner with? Go. <laughs> if you have a good one, shout it out. I want to hear him. All right. I can't hear anything. All I hear is my mom. My mom shouting like random weird people from history back there. So that's fine. See, told you it was important. My sister said it's me, so that's really sweet. That's really sweet. All right, all right. So keep those in mind for a second. We're going to gear back here. Past couple weeks, we've been talking about Zacchaeus, right? And last week, Peyton told us the story of how Zacchaeus had dinner with Jesus. And it wasn't just like a casual dinner that they set up. Jesus actively chose to have dinner with Zacchaeus. In fact, he called him out of a tree and invited himself to his house for dinner. And Zacchaeus was like hated in the entire town. Like nobody likes Zacchaeus. And Jesus chose to have dinner with him anyway. So think about your choices for a second that you just said to your neighbor. Maybe you said, um, I don't know. It could have been anyone. Maybe you said like Mother Teresa. If anybody, anybody? No? Okay. Maybe you said like Abraham Lincoln. He's cool. My mom probably said him. Maybe you said like Selena Gomez. I don't know who you like. Okay. Peyton, that was you. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you said Jesus. We're in church. Jesus is a cool guy too. Whoever you said... I'm guessing it's not someone that you, like, everyone just hates, right? Nobody chooses to have dinner with somebody that the town just knows is, like, the worst dude around, right? That just doesn't make sense. Nobody, none of you chose, like, someone who just the entire world hates because it doesn't make sense. But from we, what we read last week, that's exactly what Jesus did. He chose to have dinner with someone that was just hated. And the Bible says that people were murmuring and Jesus got scoffed at for eating with him, but he did it anyway. And so basically what we're getting to tonight is that this pursuit of Jesus, the fact that he goes out of his way to have dinner with a sinner, despite his reputation, despite his mistakes, he has that same pursuit of us. And so I kind of want to look at like what that means in our lives. Because if he pursues Zacchaeus in this way, a clear sinner, like as Wyatt talked about, somebody who just everyone knew was a sinner, and he pursues us in that same way, what does that mean for us? I always thought it was weird um, that Jesus chose to have dinner with him because for some reason, as many times I've heard this story, I thought it was normal that like a short guy climbed a tree to see Jesus. I don't know why I thought that was normal, but I thought it was weird that Jesus said, I'm coming to your house, right? Because in all of the gospels, a lot of people approach Jesus. They ask him questions. He's um, given advice. He's healing people. He does have dinner with people, but never is it so abrupt. Never does he say like, I'm coming to your house. And then we have this story of Zacchaeus. And I always thought it was strange. So it's clear that this is not like Jesus is not being forced into having dinner with Zacchaeus. Like this is something that he wants to do. He wants to talk with Zacchaeus and he's never even had a conversation with him. So 
to, to kind of like tell you how this applies to us, I want to read a verse really quickly. Psalm 103, 8 through 12 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So what we see here is that God gives us a love we don't deserve. He gives us a forgiveness we don't really understand. And that's kind of the point of this story. So I want to use the response of Zacchaeus. Like, what did he do with how Jesus pursued him? And I want to look at that response and look at, like, how does that apply to our lives? But before we do that, you need to know a couple things about Zacchaeus, which you probably already know. But just in case you don't know. So Zacchaeus is a tax collector. Um, He is a Jew, so he's hated by the Romans, but he works for the Romans. He's hated by the Jews. On top of that, he cheats people out of money all the time, so nobody really likes him. Um, And then, what else do we know about Zacchaeus? He lived this life for, for years, right? This is just something that he was known for. This was his common reputation. He just lived like this. And then one day, he saw Jesus passing by, and he climbed a tree to see him. Jesus invites himself over. They have dinner, and then Zacchaeus's life is totally different, right? That's kind of like a recap. This is what we've learned about Zacchaeus's story. So we have this guy who's content living a sinful life. He's earning money off of it. He doesn't really care that people don't like him, right? He's living his life. He's content in his sin. And then he gets interrupted by this one encounter that he has with Jesus. And if you met, this is like a really fast transition to me. I'm almost like, it's kind of weird that like immediately he meets Jesus and then he's like, I'm gonna change my life. Like that's weird, right? No one does that. But think about it for a second. If you lived in Bible times and you met Jesus on the street and all that you knew of him was that, He was claiming to be the Messiah, the Son of God. You had heard about countless miracles he had done, like crazy stuff that people really shouldn't be able to do, right? And then you just met him, and he came over to your house. It would probably change things a little bit. This is not just a normal guy. The reason Zacchaeus' response is so fast and so immediate is because Jesus has power, and Jesus is someone of importance, and that changes things. And so that's what I want you to understand tonight. A true encounter with Jesus is going to change you. It is. Because if we're going to respond to Jesus in the way that he deserves, our lives have to reflect the change. And that's really important for you guys to know. If you're going to truly encounter Jesus and see who he is, then something about your life is going to change. You can't go on being the sinning tax collector who's cheating people out of money. It just doesn't work. And the way I see it, when we're faced with an encounter with Jesus, we have like three general options of like, I met Jesus, I know who he is, what am I going to do now? First option I think we have is rejection. So these are the people who say, Jesus is not who he says he is. He is not the Messiah. He's not the son of God. He did not die for my sins. And I'm sure some of you know people like this who just don't believe in Jesus. And when we choose rejection and we don't believe who Jesus is, we really miss out on a joy and a peace and contentment that Jesus is calling us to. And what this kind of looks like is those people who are just always searching and searching and find no satisfaction. These are the people who kind of fill up on worldly things, athletics, academics, popularity, relationships, their job, whatever it may be, and they're never being satisfied because they have rejected the one who can satisfy them. And the second option we kind of have when we encounter Jesus is going to be recognition. And this is saying, like, Jesus is who he says he is, but so what? 
What am I supposed to do about it? And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but if you think about it, like this is a path you see taken all around you all the time. This is gonna be a majority of the people you know. And why is this path taken so consistently? Because it's justifiable. It doesn't matter if you don't go to church consistently or you don't read your Bible or you don't really act the right way or say the right things if you believe in God, right? That's this theory of like, well, my life is justified because I believe in God. It doesn't matter that Jesus has not changed me. And what I want to tell you guys is if, you're, if you've met Jesus and then your words and your actions and just everything you do stays the same, not only are you missing out on what Jesus has to offer you, you're also not responding to Jesus in the way that he deserves. From that verse we just read, our God deserves a lot more than us knowing his power and not doing anything about it. So the third option we have when it comes to responding to Jesus is revelation. I want to read Luke 19:8 to you. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. His commitment to Jesus inspires this crazy, crazy change. And we were reminded two weeks ago by White that, that like Zacchaeus was a sinner, so were we. And Jesus is pursuing us anyway. He's loving us despite all of these mistakes and all of our past reputations. And so whatever you think, maybe a lot, a lot of people don't ever come to Revelation out of fear. You know, what am I going to have to give up? to get here. Look at what Zacchaeus gave up, guys. Zacchaeus was a tax collector for a long time. Have you ever thought about how much money he gave? Four times the amount. Four times of every single person he cheated out of money. Zacchaeus wasn't just giving up money. He was giving up a lifestyle. He was giving up his dignity. He was changing everything about the way he lived, and he was giving up the practicality of wealth, of just having money, right? He gave up so much, and he still found Jesus to be worth it. Not because Jesus was an awesome guy, even though he is an awesome guy, but because the sacrifice that Jesus has provided for us is worth it, right? He found that pursuit that Jesus gave him, the, the love that Jesus gave him despite all of his mistakes. He found that worth it. He said, I'm going to do it anyway. And so while that response is really important, and we look at that and we're like, okay, cool, like good for Zacchaeus, that was awesome, Hopefully none of us in here are like cheating people out of tons of money when we're not tax collectors, right? So hopefully this isn't the issue that we're dealing with. So what does this look like in our lives? You know, what does it look like for us to have the same response that Zacchaeus had, the response that Jesus deserves? So there's, there's kind of four main things. I was thinking about it and I was like, well, how does my life look different now that I've encountered Jesus? And there's four main things that I think in our life change because we know who Jesus is. And the first one is going to be that we see people differently. Why is that? We know they're worth in Jesus, right? The same pursuit that Jesus gave us, the same love and the same death and resurrection that was for us is also for everyone else. So this is us seeing people's beauty instead of their flaws. This is us seeing people's stories instead of just their reputations, right? This is us, instead of brushing off those people that drive us crazy, really listening to them because they have a story to tell because they're loved by God and they're just as valued as you are. You're going to see people differently if you know who Jesus is. Another thing that's going to change is your pursuit of Jesus. You're going to want to change. You're going to want to be more like him. Because I look at that story and I look at the tons of other stories in the gospel and I think, look at how patient he is. Look at how wise he is. Look at how gracious and compassionate he is. That's someone I want to be more like. 
right? So when you know who Jesus is, you're going to want to pursue him. You're going to want to spend time in scripture. You're going to want to spend time in prayer. You're going to want to spend time thinking about who Jesus is, how he's affected your life. You're going to want to spend less time with worldly things and more time with heavenly things in order to be more like him. Another thing that's going to change is you're going to live a life on mission. There's no more of this like searching for satisfaction and finding it nowhere. Instead, we find satisfaction in who Jesus is. And we have a story to share. To share. This, this good news that Jesus died for us, that he loves us, that he pursues us in spite of our sins, it's the gospel, right? It's meant to be told. So this is a mission we have to go live, to tell other people about what Jesus has done for us. So we have a purpose in life instead of emptiness. I think the last thing that it's kind of a major change that we see in Zacchaeus' story when we encounter him is that not only do our current lives change, but we do what we can to repair our past lives as well. Because before we know Jesus, we're different people. Because hopefully this encounter with Jesus is making us better, right? It's making us more like him. So in the past, we've probably been like Zacchaeus because we're all sinners, right? There's things that we need to repair. Maybe you've made past judgments that were poor. Maybe you've thought things Um, you thought a certain way about things that maybe you shouldn't have because you didn't know what it was like in Jesus's eyes. Maybe um, you have broken relationships. Maybe you've said hurtful things. Whatever it may be, there's something in your life that can be changed and repaired because of now who you know Jesus is, the grace that he offers. And so you can repair that. So there are these four things that look a little bit different. We see people differently. We're eager to change, we live a life on mission, and we change our pasts. So I want to ask you kind of like three things for you guys to think about as you kind of process the story of Zacchaeus, like how did he respond? There's three things I want you to think about. The first one is where are you at? Okay, so we had that rejection, recognition, and revelation. Where do you think you're at? Have you told Jesus that he's not who he says he is? Have you accepted him and do you know who he is, but are you just sitting idly by knowing his power and allowing your life to stay the same? Are you all in? Are you ready to go? Are you committed to this God who deserves our response? Because if you are, your life's about to change, so get ready. It's going to be great. You have these three options, so I want you guys to think about, like, where am I at? Where do I want to be? The other thing I want you to think about is that, as I just told you, remember that Zacchaeus is... um, present changed, but also his past changed as well. So I want you to reflect on those things. You know, who is it in the past that maybe I've wronged or I've thought about in a way that I shouldn't, or I have broken a relationship with them that needs to be repaired? What can I do to fix this now that I have the eyes and the grace of Jesus? If you can fix that this week, do it. Apologize to someone that you really don't think deserves an apology. Fix something that you feel like, now that I know Jesus, this needs to be changed. The last thing I want you to think about is what you need to jump in. What is it that you need? What is it that's holding you back to respond to Jesus the way that he deserves? What is it that you feel like you can't sacrifice, that you feel like would be too difficult to give up? Because whatever it is, I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. We see it in Zacchaeus' story. It's so worth it, whatever you think you have to give up. I want to read Psalm 103, 8 through 12 to you again. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Guys, that's a good God. That's a God worth our response 
that's a God worth our commitment. That's a God worth every single sacrifice we're ever going to make. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.